Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. If you're a real estate investor or you want to be a real estate investor and you're looking for more money to fund your deals, don't go anywhere because I'm getting ready to plug you into the funding. Well, welcome to the show. My name is Jay Connor. I'm known as the Private Money Authority. And if this is your first time to tune in to Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor, I want to give you a very, very special welcome. Here on the show, we talk about all things real estate investing. We talk about single family houses. We talk about commercial deals. We talk about creative ways to find really, really deeply discounted properties before other real estate investors even know they exist. Uh, as I just mentioned, we talk about how to get your deals funded without relying on traditional banks, without relying on traditional mortgage companies. We talk about how to sell properties quickly, how to automate the business, and how to really achieve true wealth and freedom in this world of real estate investing. Now, on the show, we are, wow, up into over 100 episodes now. Here on the show, I have just amazing guests and experts that join me here on the show. But before I bring my special guest on today, I want to go ahead and give everybody free access to an online class that I just recently produced. It's ready for you to go view and learn from. The name of the class is Where to Get the Money Now. So for that free class, go right here and we're going to put it up on the screen for all of our visual viewers, www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast, jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. Now, in addition to that, 
I have a guest and an expert here on the show with me today. Talk about getting funding for your deals and getting money to fund your deals. You are at the right place. So my good friend, my colleague that I have on here, his name is Mike Slotnick. And let me tell you just a little bit about Mike before I bring him on. He's been investing. He's been an equity investor, a debt investor all the way back since 2000. And prior to that, he had nearly 15 years in information technology. He was managing risk and business intelligence and just right, really, really smart stuff that I don't even understand myself. But anyway, while Mike was building this successful career in IT, he's had this passion for real estate investing because quite frankly, he and I, we are into real estate investing because there's this high level of being able to predict the amount of success that we can get when we invest. So way back in 2009, my good friend, Mike, he joined Tempo Funding LLC. And then a little bit later in 2014, he became the CEO of this fund and he's still been growing it ever since. So one thing that sets Mike apart is that he has the opportunity well, really two things. We got uh, Mike is really going to speak. I've got him here on the show for two reasons. Mike is going to be talking to you, whether you're interested in real estate investing from a very passive standpoint to where you can actually be an investor in, in his fund, or if you're looking for funding for your deals as a real estate investor, Mike can also help you as that or help you with that. So I met Mike some time ago. He and I are fellow members of a very, very high-end mastermind group. He's in multiple masterminds and investor mastermind groups. And right before I bring Mike on, I got to tell you, he's got a best-selling book that he's the author of titled How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Investment Fund. And stay on the show all the way to the end, and you're going to find out how you can get a copy of his book as well. I've been a guest on Mike's podcast as well. The name of his podcast that you'll be sure and want to check out. It's titled Big Mike Fund. And y'all can also find him at bigmikefund.com. With that, my good friend, my colleague, expert in funding for real estate investors, Mike Slotnick. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Thank you very much. I, I am humbled by your Kind introduction, beyond kind. Make me look like a, a superstar and I'm just down to, to the earth guy. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Absolutely, Mike. Well, one thing that I and my audience always like to know before we actually jump into the meat and potatoes as to what you can do for uh, my audience. I know you've been interested in real estate investing for many, many years, but really what was it that got your attention in the, in the first place and got you interested in real estate investing? In 2000, I bought my first property and it was my first home. And, and in New York City, it's never easy or cheap to buy anything. So getting into a property here is expensive. So the opportunity was to, I found an apartment at a good price with a motivated seller. And I didn't think twice about it. I didn't even get a mortgage. I just borrowed money from the family, bought, bought the apartment, and then the journey started. So if you're looking to invest money in real estate, start with your own home. Generally speaking, that's the first step. 
you get your tax deduction, you get all kinds of benefits from home ownership, and you no longer pay rent. That's what got me started. That's simple. Yeah. Hey, when you were telling that story, it came to my mind, you were borrowing mom and pop money before you even knew what mom and pop money was. That's right. That's, right. That's exactly right. I was borrowing yes, the money from the family members. Uh, that that oh, was, got me going. And well, now I call it mom and pop money. And non, not, not my phrase, but I certainly use the phrase. Well, I tell you, to tell you the truth, I never heard of mom and pop money as far as that phrase goes until I actually heard you say it. And so anyway, I get that. Well, again, before we jump right in, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York, married, four kids and a cat. It's a zoo. I live in a zoo. You live and, in a zoo. Yeah, it's busy. Four kids on the different ages, so it's just a lot of kids' activities. My kids ice skate heavily, and I'm, I live on an ice skating rink. People ask me if I ever ice skate. I, I tell them, you ever been to a circus? You ever seen bears on ice ice skating? That's me. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, yeah, I, I, I know. I, I, I have my good days and, and bad days uh, not liking New York City. The traffic here is brutal. There's certainly some things I love about the city. But beyond that, I invest. We invest all over the country. We invest broadly from um, single-family portfolios and, and single-family housing to multifamily, to self-storage, to shopping centers, to self-storage facilities, to office buildings. So we've got a broad portfolio of investments individually and, and on a fund level. Got you. So you're originally from where and brought, what brought you to the United States? Well, the joke would be like James Bond from Russia would love, but I'm actually not from Russia, from Moldova. Moldova is a republic of the former Soviet Union, but nobody knows what it is. It's the size of a Rhode Island, a little bit bigger. It's a tiny, tiny place, and most people don't know what it is. My native tongue is Russian. I've been here since 89. Soviet Union was still Soviet Union. And I'm a U.S. citizen now. I'm a patriot of the United States. I've lived here ever since that time. And I can tell you... Having moved from a communist socialist country, that system doesn't work. So when I see a lot of socialistic attempts here, I absolutely think it's a bad idea. But let's not start getting into politics. I just think that the U.S. doesn't move in that direction. Let me put it this way. Well, I can tell you, you're okay to say what you believe because the majority of my audience is going to agree with you, I can assure you. So anyway, Mike, you know, You've got an investment fund that's very, very successful that gives your investors a really, really good, good rate of return. You also have funding for real estate investors that want to do deals. So, you know, markets change. I mean, you know, what was going on two or three years ago is not exactly what's going on today. So what would you say? What's going on in real estate from your perspective right now? What's hot? What are the good opportunities? Sure. So we've certainly had a great run for many years since the Great Recession. It's been a great recovery. And a lot of prices have appreciated quite a bit. Finding bargains is a lot harder now. Before you could get a great short sale, the banks were giving away the farm. Today, you have to earn the farm. And uh, what still works pretty well, typically affordable housing. So the entry level, if you're buying, let's use an example, there's a term used turnkey. I'm sure the audience knows what it is. It's an affordable property that can be used as, as an investment acquisition. And you could uh, rent it out, 
and keep it for long term. It's a good income producing property. That market seems to be very stable. It doesn't seem to drop. There's still a good amount of new construction and investing in that sector today is still solid investment with good downside protection. What is softened up quite a bit is high-end stuff in many, many markets in the residential space. So we're talking about, it all depends on the market. In New York City, a million dollars may, may, may be the entry level, but somewhere else, New York, a million bucks might be a massive luxury. So demand for the, those type of properties softened up. And uh, if you're looking to invest, depending on what you're doing, obviously you're not going to get a good yield out of high-end properties, but you will get a good yield out of residential properties. I see plenty of other opportunities. We invest on a fund level into many things. So one thing I do like in New York City, instead of buying or building new buildings, we buy firstly in mortgages defaulted on term. So that sector I like quite a bit. Imagine somebody builds new condos and it takes them longer than expected and the bank wants to sell the paper. You could buy the paper and file notice of default, have a very low to value ratio and have a strong return because of the default interest rate could be high. Those are very defensive investments because you're basically buying firstly mortgage and I like that sector. I like contrarian plays or value investing in today's market. What, what is that? And that is, we've all seen the Amazon effect, right? Amazon is eating everybody's lunch. But at the same time, the world is not ending in retail space. In fact, retail space is on a huge discount, great real estate. You're buying buildings well below reconstruction cost, and you can buy them at great prices. So we're investing in, in some of those deals. Opportunistically, they generate strong cash flow, and it's really hard to believe that they could possibly fall in price further. As long as the economy is there, as long as people need to get a haircut, they need to go to a dentist, they need to go to a doctor, they need to go to the gym, that stuff, the service-oriented businesses will be around for a long time. So these are a couple of areas of opportunities that I see. There are others, but uh, those are kind of, directionally big areas. Talking about retail is another very interesting area of opportunity. When big box retailers fail, Sears, Macy's, JCPenney, and they close a store, that store could be well positioned within the city, but it no longer works as a department store. So conversions to self-storage facilities often become the next trend and the next opportunity. So I hope it's not too many things, but I, I gave you kind of three different flavors. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting that you say that, you know, those, those vacant commercial properties, the big box stores can a lot of times be converted into self-storage. Would you say that self-storage, the business is on the rise or would you say it's stable? Well, the number of conversions have been high. So from the creation of supply, creation of these new facilities, so there's been new construction going on. Also, has been a lot of conversions. So the market has been taking a lot of new supply. The demand has been stable and growing, and it's expected to actually accelerate during a recession. So you can't go in blindly. You can go buy a facility in this competition, strong competition in the area, you might wind up with a bad asset. But if you choose your battles carefully and you wind up with a good facility, it's generally very, very steady business. The people's propensity to stay is very high. In other words, if they're paying 90 bucks a month and you raise their rent to 100 bucks a month, will they move? Highly unlikely. So they, they are very sticky customers and 
people store their junk if you're in a certain area, <laughs> right? I mean, they got to put their junk somewhere. That's why I like the sector, sector, no tenants and toilets, and it's generally pretty predictable. But it is an operating business. You got to have a good, opera, good operation. So you see the difference between strong self-storage facility and the bad ones is the management. If you have a good management, you can make a big difference. Marketing, just operations, ability to generate fee income, and so on. Yeah. Well, there's no question that interest rates are finally on the rise. No question. Interest rates are rising. So with that being the case, what do you think is going to be the effect on real estate assets with the rising interest rates? And what do you think rising interest rates, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on the real estate investor? So let me answer the questions two ways. Yes, the rates have been rising, but they, they appear to have stopped. Right? We've seen this. They were rising, 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 rising. And then the Fed decided they got a little nervous. And that's the good news for the real estate investors. Because rising interest rates typically increase the cost of financing. And real estate is very sensitive to the cost of financing. Because people buy leverage. They get a mortgage, they put 25% down, 75% from the bank. As the rates go up, so the cost of the of the financing goes up. So rising interest rates have had a negative effect on real estate market and the prices. Recently, again, we're talking about number of the last, say, three, four months, the rates have slowed down. The economy has been showing signs of concern, and Fed decided to slow down interest rate increases. And the 10-year Treasury has also has come down. And that's a good news because the cost of financing have come down. So on a long-term basis, I'm actually a proponent of a grand conspiracy theory that the U.S. government cannot afford high interest rates. So they'll do everything in their power to move towards the Japan model. So having interest rates very low so that they can, politicians can comfortably run big deficits in the budget, keep borrowing money. And if your interest rates are lower and lower in the debt, you can keep blowing the thing up until the cows come home. <laughs> well, as they say, eventually the piper will get paid, right? For sure. All right, so. Eventually, they're going to cause inflation. That's eventually what they're doing. Everything is going to be more expensive, but the money will be less valuable. So in theory, when you have inflation, you're supposed to have high interest rates. In practice, they're going to keep the rates low. We're still going to have the street-level inflation. And they're going right. to manipulate CPI so that they don't have to pay increased Social Security checks too much. So that's the game. That's the name of the game for the government. There you go.